Gonads are useful for their purpose, but they are no substitute for brains. Ah, all right, here we go. I have to say, well done, Bray. Well done. <laughs> well played, my adversary. Well played. <laughs> Phoenix is a gay, but if he was, he'd pick Fremo. Oh, yeah, he'd be living down there with you in the bunk, man. Woo! Once you go free, you always do the Z. <laughs> <laughs> One day I'm not going to Duncan, and you could get a controller, a new Xbox, possibly even a car. <laughs> and now, the two guys that took two years to fix their audio problems. Oh, I almost forgot the mic. Welcome to BGFG episode 329. I'm your host, Chris Phoenix, and Fremo is still building his house. Getting floors in and carpeting and shit like that. It's a process. It takes time. At least that's what he keeps telling me. <laughs> oh, welcome to another another week. Everything seems to be looking good. You know, people are getting healthier. People are getting their vaccines and stuff. That's a good thing. And things are somewhat returning back to normal. In some ways. I mean, again, we're gonna we're gonna be looking at the. Uh, the fallout from this for a very, very long time. Very long time. But let's get on with the show and try to entertain people and give you a drive or a walk or a run or whatever, however you're listening to the show. Uh, give you a pretty decent um, you know, listening experience. <laughs> Who am I kidding? <clears throat> Bullshit. Yeah, it's going to suck like all the other shows. <laughs> Uh, what else sucks is unfortunately not coming down for breakfast. So we do this all the time and it's essentially, uh, you know, who's not coming down for breakfast and we have a few of them this week. First one, uh, Rush Limbaugh, 70 years old, died of fourth, uh, stage four lung cancer. It's just a shame. You know, you never want to see anybody really, you just don't want to see that shit. But uh, he was a broadcast journalist, been around for a very long time, was very political, had a lot of stroke, had a, a lot of people listen to him. I mean, you can't get, it's nothing other than that. I mean, just a lot of people paid attention to what he said, whether you agreed with him or not. He had a voice. Uh, next up will be Bruce Blackburn. He was 82, you know, died, you know, smiling in his bed, I believe. Uh, this is the guy that designed the NASA logo. He was, uh, it was also known as a worm. It was the N and then the A and then the A without the A having the little bottom piece, just the hook from the top to the bottom, uh, like an upside down V. He was a minimalist artist and that NASA logo has been with us forever and it's an awesome logo. I mean, it really is. And lastly, at 52 years young, Prince Marky D. You might not know him and if you're watching the the video on YouTube, you'll see a picture of him. Uh, this was one of the founding members of Fat Boys. Now, you might think, well, Fat Boys. And then you might pause this and you might go listen to a Fat Boys song. Oh, I remember those. Yeah, don't. Uh, where the music did have its place in at that time, it really didn't hold up that great. That's why I don't hear it on the radio, unfortunately. It's just that it's, it's exactly what it was for that time. It was very basement-made, basic beats type thing but what's really more important i think is that they're um you know uh, quest love said it best uh he said they were so they were so dope that we just took them for granted they did dope routines and dance steps albums went gold and platinum they did movies they did tv they did commercials uh they sold their likeness they explored territories for the first time that today just seems like a tuesday you know, but they did it first. They really did. And they opened up the door for a lot of people. And I think that's just, that's awesome. That's commendable. So all three of these gentlemen, uh, golden ticket and towel for when the uh, the alien ship comes up and they come to get your, your soul and your spirit, or however you want to say it, uh, you have a you know, golden ticket just in case. And you should always have a towel. We learned that from Hitchhiker's Guide. Okay, enough of that negativity. Let's get into this week's news because, man, I can't wait to tool on this guy. BGFG News. You heard it here third. 
So first up in this week's news just is, uh, you know what? We don't even mince words that much here. So this this guy's just a POS. He's just a piece of shit. Uh, it's not finalized yet, but he's pushing for some. Someone just simply needs to remove Postmaster General uh, DeJoy from his position as soon as possible because he's just, it's not finalized yet, but he's pushing for some significant changes again. He's going to eliminate a tier of first-class mail, uh, letters, bills, and other envelope-sized correspondence sent to a local address designated for delivery in two days would now be lumped into four- to five-day services, and you just hope that you get it there quicker if it's local. You just hope that the guy didn't call out or whatever the case was. doesn't matter what it says on the front of the envelope anymore. Um, part of this is also that he wants to divert all first-class to not using airplanes for transportation, but just trucks. <sighs> senator Tammy Duckworth out of Illinois uh, became the first senator to call on Biden to quickly fire and replace this current member of the Postal Board, arguing in a letter that such a move is necessary to restore the accountability and credibility and send a message to future leaders that silence in the face of a campaign of sabotage will not be tolerated. And I tend to agree with her. I mean, we don't do politics on the show, but I mean, this guy's ruining the mail. They, you know, they were only able to deliver 70% of their mail last year. And I get it. COVID, I get it. You know, there was a lot of things I know if I was a mail carrier, I'd be concerned because everything I'm touching is suspect. So I get that. But at the same time, that's 70% of the mail. This is the fucking postal service, man. Neither rain nor sleet nor even snow. We've heard this for years. Several people that I know were still getting Christmas cards in January. Um, on-time delivery of first-class mail dropped to 38% last year. That's, I don't think that's, and again, he's going to turn around and use the COVID card. I agree, but you're living here. Uh, you'd still get postal mail. I'm sure everybody that listens does. I can tell you that here where I live, I see that post postman maybe once every other day, maybe. You know, stuff that I was expecting in the mail sometimes, and, and there's not a lot, doesn't get here soon at all. I can order something from across the country on Amazon and get it here way quicker than I could a letter from uh, two towns over. Way quicker. It's it's a sad statement. Um, and he has, he has interest in other corporate delivery services. Might, might, might be a truck. Maybe. I mean, think about it. He was installed by Trump. Uh, one of Trump's friends, and again, I'm all about giving friends and, and people that helped you out throughout throughout your campaign and stuff, positions that happens all the time and it always will. But I think our last president did it way, way bad. Like he like he didn't do it right. First of all, he put his family into every, every position he possibly could, which was the first, <clears throat> just not something you should be doing. So... The fact that he put all of his his friends that that he wanted to do on the postal committee or, or the the council for it is just also wrong. But this guy this guy has no intention of keeping the mail service or post offices open. It doesn't look that way at all. Uh, you know, like I said before, we don't take sides, uh, political sides here on the show or in uh, Phoenix Media Group at all, unless it's specific. <laughs> um, but the postal service board was put there by McConnell and Trump. The new administration needs to change that up before we no longer have any sort of post office to go to where a grandparent, and again, I know it's cliche and everything, but you never know. A grandparent could say, hey, so, you know, some little kid wants to collect something here, collect stamps. I, my grandparent did it to me. I mentioned it never took me, but I went and I started looking at mail. Why? Because it was right down the street. I could, what parent is going to say no to a kid that wants to, that says, I want to take my bike to the post office to get stamps. Nine times out of 10, they're like, here's a fiver. Get me more. <laughs> For whatever they were doing, but that was back then. Now you don't really use them, but still, they they need they need to be there. And here's something else that the sheep will need to pay attention to: Clearview AI. I don't think anybody's paying attention to these. Fucks. These guys are asshats. So Clearview AI was a company founded by Tom Thatt. Tom Thatt. Uh, he's an Australian techie and a one-time male model. Yeah, yeah, you you got it. So his background is that he created two apps. One was to replace your hair in pictures with Donald Trump's hair, 
and the other one was just this weird obscure phone iphone game that's his claim to fame but he did create clearview ai uh this tool not only allow anyone to be able to walk down the street again or this will all right this tool will allow anyone walking down the street to scan your face anonymously you'll never even know it in fact um they claim that they have over 3 billion photos and they're constantly growing. They provided it, already they've provided it to uh, Clearview AI to hundreds of law enforcement organizations. We did a story last year that had a rich guy sitting in a restaurant and he saw his daughter walk in with a, a new boyfriend or something. He didn't know him. So he handed the waiter his phone and he said, hey, can you go snap a picture of that, that guy for me? And the guy's like, what? What are you talking about? He fired up the app, and then he told the guy, he's like, just walk over there and take the picture. That's all you have to do. And he did. And as soon as he took the picture, by the time he got back to the table, that guy knew everything about his daughter's date. Everything. They've already said that they've scraped most of the information from Facebook, YouTube, Venmo, and a whole bunch of others. So they're just scraping all. Again, when we talk on the show about the, the pitfalls of social media, one of those things is the people that just put everything they ever owned on Facebook. Every picture, every family friend, every, you know, here's me and my cousin, or here's me and my father-in-law. Well, there's names attached to those, and there's tagging going on in those. So, again, even if you didn't, and we've said this before in these shows uh, or, or these topics, that even if you were conscious enough to not to not set up your security wrong on your social media account... The fact that somebody else can share that picture and that in turn allows their security to override yours should concern you enough. I mean, that's just, come on. Facebook was scared, and they still are, that iPhone OS, the new one, will warn you when it's tracking you. That bothered them. They said they're going to lose too much business. That should affect somebody. So, like, Facebook, YouTube, Venmo, all of them have all sent cease and desist letters to uh, Clearview AI. But, of course, it's not going to really go that well because law enforcement kind of wants that. Um, they, they, of course, are going to use it for good. But what happens to the people that don't? If this Clearview AI thing gets out, just like the back door for uh, an iPhone or anything else like that, if that gets out, it's going to be. Look, it's bad enough we don't have any privacy at all anyway. But if this gets out into the open then you're going to have people that are going to be able to scan you at any time and tell everything possibly about you. So even if you want to walk in someplace and be anonymous, just go in, get your coffee, and leave. You know, uh, Let's say you're semi-famous or internet famous or whatever the case is. You walk in to a store. Somebody can just lift up their phone, drop it that long, got a picture of you, got an image of you. It'll do facial recognition, and apparently it works really well, and it will eventually tell you your name. It can tell anything. The story we did last year, I think they, they got name, phone number, where he went to college, where he went to high school, his GPA. I mean, it's just, it's, it's crazy when I see people do this. I mean, not only, look, there's no privacy. Not only is there really, a con, it's controversial, but now they partner with ICE and Homeland Security, which is equally controversial right now. So, you know, the new contract, it's worth $224,000. And are going to provide them with all Clearview licenses. That might not be a lot of money, but when you have hundreds of agencies giving you this money, that's that's not only an issue of privacy, but that's a lot of money that they're going to be raking in. But Canada wants no part of this at all. None. They said, and I quote, collecting highly sensitive biometric information without the knowledge or consent of individuals is wrong. And I agree. Somebody should put that on their shirt because it's absolutely true. Without permission, it's not fair. It's not. And right now we're getting to the point where one thing happens, whether it's a false flag or not, one thing happens and everybody gets so paranoid and so nervous that somebody else takes away your freedom and your privacy. I shouldn't say freedom because a lot of people throw that around. They take away your privacy. Now, I agree because I, I agree with the people that are sitting there walking around or driving and saying, well, I don't do anything wrong, so what the hell do I care? I agree. I don't do anything wrong either. I don't really care. You want to take my picture and you want to post it somewhere, that's fine. As long as it doesn't end up on the side of a milk carton, I'm good. But I still give you permission. So if there's a, a group photo or something somewhere that somebody uses, it's just like the, the guy that takes a that gets a picture taken near a fountain and then somebody's using it for an advertisement. 
that's long dead. I mean, that doesn't happen really too much anymore, but these people never get paid for that, and that's wrong. You're, you're making money off of that image. You should get paid. With Clearview AI, they're taking a snapshot of you, and it's scrubbing information from all social media and others, and that's a privacy thing. What happens if you're um, a, a lady, you know, uh, a good-looking girl that goes to Starbucks or you're a barista at Starbucks, some guy that comes in daily, he's got a super crush on you, and he gets to be one of those creepers. Next thing you know, he's you know snaps a picture of you when you aren't looking. Then he goes and finds out everything about you. Next thing you know, when you're at your gym, because you go to the local gym that's two blocks away from your house. Well, he already knows where your house is, but that, that'd be wrong. But he's going to sign up for your gym and go work out with you and maybe try to make a connection with you. That's creepy shit. Okay? That's creepy shit. And that can't happen. And this is what's going to happen. I guarantee you, look at, look at it. Look, it's going to happen. People stalk already from Facebook, from Twitter, from Instagram, any geolocated services. People are getting stalked. Why are you going to make it easier? And Clearview's, Clearview AI's argument for this whole thing, regardless of what's said there, their argument states that, well, these images are scrubbed from, scrubbed from uh, public sites. I got to admit, they're not wrong. These are all from public sites. You put yourself out there. You put yourself into a public domain to do that. You know? I mean, even the blind can see that this is a globally blind, uh, just bad idea. But you, you never know. I mean, we could we could get lucky and maybe they don't do it. <laughs> Though I doubt that's ever going to happen. God knows we're going to see Clearview AI a lot more in the news. Be mindful. Uh, you know what else is good about seeing is, again, you want to talk about good news sometimes. So how about if we can get the blind to see again? I think that'd be great. So would you. There's a company, Coordinate Vision. Uh, it's in its clinical stages. It's a biometric implant technology company. Okay, Their, vi- their platform is 100% synthetic, non-degradable, porous material. I'm going to read this, and this is not going to make sense. So I cut and paste this. My wife has got a medical background. And I had to read it to her like a couple of times. So bear with me a minute. I'm just going to read this. (laughs) 100% synthetic, non-degradable, porous material, which mimics the microstructure of the extracellular matrix, ECM, the natural biological collagen mesh providing structural and biomechanical, no, biochemical support to surrounding cells. When implanted, this material stimulates cellular prolification leading to progressive tissue integration. This fully violated or validated in vivo platform enables the biomechanical integration of permanent implants with live tissue and does not trigger an adverse immune system response. Now, two things. Number one, if this was in the second half of the show and for what it's worth, there's no way I would have been able to get that whole paragraph out. No way. After a drink and and anything else, no. After the intermission, uh uh-uh, I wouldn't have been able to do it. But... Back to what it is. So I, I put a picture in the, well, you'll see it on the show notes. If you watch the video, you'll see it. It's one of those things that you're not going to be able to look away from. And the picture on the YouTube channel is the same thing. So what this company is, and, and again, that's that's a lot of words. Essentially, they figured out a way to put an implant into your body. In this case, the eyeball, which is significant. And the material that they created enables biomechanical integration, meaning that the cyborgs, I mean, (laughs) cyborgs is what it turns out to be. This is like the first kind of thing. But it's great because, you know, it's an eyeball. Uh, The Cornet K-Pro is the first artificial cornea which completely integrates with the eye wall and no relents on donor tissue. And it doesn't create an uh, an immune system response, which is good too. It won't reject the eye. And it's been implanted on a human already. A legally blind 78-year-old man from Israel can now see text and people. That's amazing. That is, where, do I even have a clapping anymore? No, because this is this show. <laughs> we don't clap often. But that is a great, great. Uh, these are the trials, but these are just the trials, but 
even Canada, France, Netherlands, even the U.S. are all starting the same trials because it's just, it's monumental. And I'm really pissed off that I don't see this more in the news at all. I had to dig around for this story. And this is pretty pathetic because this could make blind people see. Legit. If you ever, I, I believe the way I read the article, you have to check the article in the show notes. But if everything goes right, it, you won't have to, like, if you have, if you were completely blind from birth, I don't know if it works because the the, the corneo, however they, they called it, in the back of the eye socket isn't there. But if you did see at some point, this will bring back your sight because the connections, almost like the connections are already there. I think it's, it's, it's just great. And another ray of light that I found this week, though, you know, because again, we can't have all negative, was something called bug bounties. And I don't know if you know about this. This is quite interesting. So not so long ago, it was a big deal that Apple, among many other software companies, decided that it would use gray hat and white hat hackers to find bugs in their software. First of all, it's quicker. Second of all, it it stops it stops it from getting to industrial espionage type things and having you know people sell back doors and stuff on the open internet. That's what it stops. And it stops it pretty well. Not too bad. Now you might be thinking, what's in it for the hacker? Well, instead of selling the information on the black market, which can get you arrested, it can get you a lot of money, but not a whole lot of money for some stupid little security issues. But it'll still make you some money. So these companies had to make it make it a little bit of an incentive to get to get these bugs cleared out. And it gives them better software. So they thought to themselves, why let them sell it on the black market? Why don't we just pay them? And that's what they started doing. Intel, they'll pay you a minimum of $500 all the way up to $30,000. Yahoo's got no minimum limit, but they'll go up to $15,000. And you might be thinking that's not a lot. Well, it's not a lot to be done. You know, Intel, excuse me, Intel's basically a chip maker. So if they're doing a chip, then, well, yeah, it's not a lot to go on. Yahoo, that shit's broken. <laughs> So whatever whatever security flaw you're trying to find is most likely in a login. So there's very unique ways, and you, you'll figure it out on different ones, like Snapchat. It's $2,000 minimum and 15000 top end because they want to know if there's a little hole because of Snapchat, where Cisco kind of saddened me a little bit. Cisco, which is a back-end framework, kind of important. Theirs is 100 to uh, 2500 Not a lot. My thinking behind that is that Cisco's literally rock solid. That's why everybody uses them. Cisco engineers get paid the most. They're, it's crazy. There's like seven uh, Cisco certifications. I know people that have two certifications, and they barely leave their house for work. And they make well into the six figures, well into the six figures. Uh, Facebook has no limits, and that's Facebook, Instagram, and WhatsApp. They have no limitations at all, front, back, top, bottom. Which is interesting because I don't think they really care. I think that's why they never posted any of their monies because they just don't care. Uh, Google's $300 minimum to 31337 which I think is elite number if you turn it upside down But because that's weird to have that type of money. Uh, Microsoft's flexing a little bit at 15000 to 250000 But again, Microsoft's doing that because they have Azure. They have Windows. They have to make sure their shit's good. Apple only goes to about $200,000, but their minimum, um, there's no bottom end. They kind of like pay out pretty good from what I've been told. Nobody really talks about a lot of the payments because I think if they talk about the payments, kind of like if you're a Hyundai and you're talking about a car that's going to help Apple build, they stop talking to you. So if you're a bug bounty specialist <laughs> and you went in and you said that Apple pays you a minimum of this, I I'm pretty sure you're never going to get another bounty ever again. Uh, Alex Burson on the other hand, was able to prove exploits in over 35 companies. Apple, Microsoft, PayPal, Shopify, Netflix, Yelp, Tesla, Uber, the list goes on and on. Uh, he totaled a little over $130,000, so that's pretty good. Uh, the exploit was, oh, I don't remember, I didn't write it down because I didn't want people to worry about it, but it was something pretty basic. I think it was a, um, it was a flaw that we recently saw throughout the tech industry that is a flaw. It, it's just simply a flaw in, I think it was a scheduling system or something like that. And it's in everybody's. So it's easily patched. But this guy found it, immediately sent it to everybody. And that's how he made $130,000. So good on him. 
That's really good. Awesome. Cannot get angry about that. All right, so that's it for the news for this week. So we're going to get into this week's um, music, which is always fun. So this week, what I decided to do was, again, try to bring new music to people. So I'm bringing you a Canadian rock band out of Ontario, formed in 2011. They've got one EP, and they've got three full-length albums, with the last one that they did was in 2019. This is Glorious Suns, Closer to the Sky, and we'll catch you on the other side for uh, some fun. Eyes wide open, people's locked out, mama's little boys on the ride of this life, and it's all right. Mind over body, body over mind, really doesn't matter if you can't tell the stars from the street light. songs lately i shouldn't say that because it, there's always a you know you go through things next week is probably going to be uh daft punk possibly because they broke up i didn't put in the show this week but i'm kind of bummed about that i really like them but what can you do right let's get to this week's stick style news mm, gaming So I am super happy to announce on this show, and God knows I've already announced it, was that uh, G4 is coming back, as we've talked about before on the show, but they're bringing back Attack of the Show and X-Play. So <laughs> it's the best two shows that they had after Tech TV, 
And if those of us that are older on the on this podcast will remember uh, Tech TV. Tech TV was a channel on cable way up high on the nobody cared level <laughs> that was all about technology. Leo Laporte was there who grew up in Cranston. His family, I believe, still lives out there. He lives in California now. He's created, and he was one of the first. When everybody in tech kind of got fired from, it's hard to explain. There was a time in the 90s, I want to say, early 2000s to mid-2000s, where the tech industry was really, or I should say the media industry was really kind of in, in its infancy and nobody really knew where to be. Everybody knew it was getting popular, right? Everybody knew it was getting popular, but nobody knew how to how to monopolize on it. Uh, Ziff Davis started a channel, Tech TV. It worked out great, and it was great for us geeks and everything. I, I can tell you without a doubt that before I went to college, before I went to school for technology, watching that show just gave me oodles of information. I could not get enough. I was recording it on the DVR when it first came out. Before that, I, well, maybe it was still videotaped. No, I think it was DVR at that point. I, I'm pretty confident I was working for the cable company at the time, so I probably had a, their first DVR. And I would just eat up every show. And they had screensavers. They had Call for Help. These were all Leo Laporte shows. Screensavers was like a variety show. Call for Help was exactly what you sound, what it sounds like. They would show you live on the TV how to fix a specific error, and they take live phone calls. Why? Because like me, Leo got his start in radio. And that bug, once you get bit, you really can't. You can't stop. So podcasting became a natural transition. And he, what he did was he turned around and he made it an entire network. He's got like 12 shows. Uh, sometimes he drops a couple of shows, adds new shows. Just an incredible podcast network. I envy him and applaud him for everything he does. Tech TV stayed on for a while after Ziff Davis fired them and they changed it to G4. Again, another company bought it, rebranded it, had no idea what to do with it. So it ended up being a bunch of like Star Trek reruns and... Um, tech geek movies, which was, again, perfectly fun. But it looked like, G4 looked more like, <laughs> G4 looked more like a TV station that was run from the movie Hackers. You know, some movie that had a cliche where, again, being a, not a hacker, but being a geek and stuff, there's often times where in the corner of my screen, I might have a video running of a movie from one of the many services that I subscribe to. I might have it just going like a Godzilla movie or something. Something I don't pay attention to while I'm writing show notes or working on websites and stuff. <coughs> Excuse me. <clears throat> oh, I gotta get a drink. Sorry about that. Uh, so they're bringing back Tech of the Show and X-Play. It was their best two shows. About, X-Play is about gaming, of course. And it ran from 1998 to 2013. So essentially it was always there. And it was always there. But even in the early days, X-Play was not considered a top-level uh, show. It was fun. It was nice to see games. But a lot of the games that they were talking about were a lot of the games that my age group wasn't really playing. Some of them were. Some of them weren't. But again, the grand scheme of things, you can't, you know, Steam has hundreds and hundreds of games on there. EA Play has, what, 100 games on there maybe? So you can't go over every single game all the time, but it was good to get the gaming news. And I think today it would do far better because you have you have the issues with the video cards, you have uh, the AMD versus Intel, uh, AMD GPUs and CPUs talking to each other, Intel not being able to get below 10 nanometers. So there's a lot of these little things that they would really talk about. They did reviews, they did gameplay, they did they did early eSport, and they did comedy skits that were hilarious. They were starring Adam Sessler and Morgan Webb, and then you had Kristen Adams doing a lot of the... Morgan Webb and... I'm, look, I'm a guy, okay? Adam Sessler is that geeky, good-looking guy that looks like, you know, he's got blonde hair, but his hair's receding, but he just... His comedy is so funny, and his delivery and his timing is great. Uh, Morgan Webb, beautiful. Kristen Adams, gorgeous. Those two love technology, love gaming. They actually game, and they're good. They will whoop your ass. Uh, Blair Hunter is another one. As for a guy, handsome-looking dude. Again, understood and knew, 
new games somewhat, but he was more comedy and he was very funny. Again, good timing. I We appreciate that on BGFG. Then you have Attack of the Show. Now, Attack of the Show is a whole nother animal entirely. It's a live variety show. Uh, it ran from 2005 to 2013. It had a shit ton of people on it all the time, but it starred and hosted Kevin Pereira, who I think is a, I, I don't know why he's not on other things, because he's so frigging funny. I think his timing, his delivery, I think he's, and he's a geek. He gets the geek culture. And this show is a lot about the geek culture. And if you don't know what that is, um, every every popular thing has a culture, and geeks have a culture too. You know, we geek out on showing each other pictures, not of our kids, but of our computer build. Or, um, you know, telling somebody that I just 100%ed a game, meaning I got all the achievements and unlocked everything. That's that's a geek culture thing. So Kevin Pereira was there in Olivia Munn. Yes, that Olivia Munn. Before she was in X-Men, which, by the way, X-Men, she's, she was Psylocke. It, perfect casting. Just, again, perfect. I love perfect casting, and that was one of them. Um, she got her start on that show, and she was freaking hilarious. Again, as we've spoke about before in the show, Olivia Munn, much loved. The great thing about Olivia Munn is she's not an idiot. She knows exactly who she is, what she is, and how she looks. She said it before. She's like, I, um, Velvet Sky was the only other person I've ever, or celebrity I've ever seen or heard that said a similar thing. Velvet Sky, when I used to, um, I used to see her at uh, Comic-Con all the time. And when I did, I would often end up trying to, I'm a big guy, I would end up clearing the way for her to get to her booth. Her and Olivia Munn said the same thing. I work hard for my body. I work in the gym multiple hours a day, four to six hours a day. I'm working out on some, some way. If guys, if I drive traffic by guys thinking I'm sexy and good looking, but I'm not going over that that edge. For instance, Olivia Munn was asked before for a movie role. She's refused several movie roles for not going topless. I respect the shit out of that. You know, I just I just absolutely do. I think that is the best thing ever. I think that takes a lot of morals, and you're going to lose a lot of jobs because of that. I think in the in the in the pre Weinstein era, or or is that was that the I, I yeah. So in the post-Weinstein era, I don't think they're going to have a problem just saying no and still getting the role. They'll just take out that particular part and find some other way to make it work, which is what they should be doing anyway. A lot of times when I when I hear about uh, an actress turning down a sex scene because they don't want to be um, uh, shot nude, I think that's a lot of the, the people that are in charge going, I want to see that girl's boobs. I'm a boob guy too, bro, but that's wrong. <laughs> if you know that person's good for that role and the director decided and the producer decided they're good for that role, you shouldn't have any input at all, period, you fuck. Anyway, so Olivia Munn was on Attack of the Show as well. And her and, like I was saying before, just to finish that thought, they both said it. They work very hard for what they do. They understand what they do. They take pride in what they do to a certain point. Like, of course, like Olivia Munn said at one time, can't remember where it was, but she made the assessment of this. Uh, there was a hot dog hanging, which they show in like every commercial. Yes, she's not an idiot. She knows what that's supposed to insinuate. But at the same time, that drove a lot of traffic, made her more marketable, made Kevin Pereira more marketable, made the show more marketable, which gives her a fucking job. <laughs> okay? She's, she's really good. Olivia Munn's awesome. Uh, so... Those two had great chemistry, too. I mean, just incredible chemistry. They would just feed off each other, and it was just awesome. January, they did a reunion special. I encourage you to watch G4 uh, Reunion on YouTube. I encourage you when you get a chance. It's not that long, and it is a really a good snapshot of what G4 turned out to be. It's just really good. Um, so uh, all the teasers all indicate that they will be back in the summer of 2021. All the indicators. And the only wild card I can see is Olivia Munn. That's the only one. She may not, may or may not be back. Uh, G4 will also have wrestler Xavier Woods. Uh, real name, I think, is Austin Creed, I think. I got to look that up. I don't remember. But Xavier Woods from the New Day. Uh, 
he's going to be on the network at well, and I'm pretty sure he's bringing his up, up, down, down, which is great because up, up, down, down is gaming show. I can't believe nobody thought of that, but he should, and he has the power and the money and all that shit. Um, uh, up, up, down, down, little Konami code. You know it. You love it. That's what it's all about, the Konami code. Um, I'm thinking that he's going to have a spot there for up, up, down, down. And I'm also pretty sure they haven't announced it yet because they still have to work out the deal with WWE. And again, as I say it three times in a fucking row, um, we are fans at Fiends Media Group of Pro Wrestling. Whether you are or not, don't give a shit. I don't do a show about it because it really takes so much energy. There's so much going on all the time. But we are wrestling fans. And... um. Xavier Woods is a hell of a wrestler, good good professional wrestler, but his show, Up, Up, Down, Down, I can't believe nobody got that that copyright before. I mean, that's brilliant, Xavier. Good on you. <laughs> Man, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you a clap right here because that was just, that's absolutely brilliant. Uh, I'm, I'm thinking his show is going to come over. That's, that's, what I, that's what I think. So I'm really glad they got all of them back. They all work so well together. Everyone, every show, X-Play, um, attack of the show. They just the whole cast that you see in the reunion is the cast that should come back and the cast that works and they work very well together. You know what else worked really well was the Nemesis system. You remember this, the Nemesis system. There was once a great game based on the Lord of the Rings universe and it was Middle Earth: Shadows of Mordor. Okay, you with me? Shadows of Mordor. Gotcha. Released in 2014. Not only was it a good game based on uh, Middle-earth, the Tolkien kind of realm, I guess you could say, Middle-earth, but the game engine is what what everyone didn't see coming. The game engine was fucking brilliant. If you see uh, Middle-earth Shadows of Mordor at your local GameStop or Best Buy or Target or Walmart or wherever you go shopping and you see it in short money, grab it. Just for the simple fact that you might not like it, it, it's kind of a role-playing hack and slash. That could be fun. But the more important thing is just witness the Nemesis engine. Give it two hours of gameplay. I don't care how, how you stretch that out, but give it two hours of gameplay. And I guarantee you, you're going to sit there and go, why doesn't every game not do this? Racing game, it doesn't matter. Anyway, um, here's how the Nemesis engine works in Shadows of Mordor. In Shadows of Mordor. It has the potential to work elsewhere. So the top tier enemies or your rivals will be the top officers. And as I put the picture up on YouTube and you can look it up, Nemesis, and just look up images and you'll see the image. So the top tier in the picture and like in the game, the very top tier is your rivals. These guys are extremely tough, but you have to do three rows in this game. You have to do three rows of tiered enemies for instance the top row of generals has uh what seven guys six or seven guys and then the next tier is captains and those have six or seven guys and then the next one is lieutenants or whatever the hell it is those are all there three tiers or four tiers total if you count the top tier when you beat an enemy you have a choice to recruit them or kill them which is pretty cool if you kill them, then another random enemy will take their place, and you'll see it. They'll show you this board, and this is the way, again, not every game has to do this, but that enemy slides, it shows the mechanics, I think, is what I'm trying to bring up in Mordor. It'll show the mechanics of how you just killed that guy, so another guy from a lower rank or in his 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 group, his, his um, platoon, takes over. He might be more tough. He might be tougher, he might be faster, he might be a different guy entirely, he might be a different type of uh, orc in this game. You just don't know. So, um, if you choose to recruit, then that enemy will be on your side. Now, he's still doing his own thing, he doesn't really attack you, and you try to stay away from him. But, um, if you do come across him, he won't fight as hard as he would, he'll basically let you kill him. If you stay away from him, then he's always going to be on your side. And what you can do is you can use a command button on the keyboard, mouse, uh, uh, keyboard, controller, whatever you choose, and you can have them attack your enemies. 
and you don't always win, but it will change the battle and give you an opening. So say if uh, you have one of your generals that you've owned for like, you know, four or five turns and you have them turn on their guy, you have that option. You turn them and as soon as you turn them, they fight, they win. Then that hard general that you were going to fight because he's not part of your group would be really tough. If he lost, if your guy lost, that guy is going to be doubly tough because he just upgraded because he beat somebody for whatever reason he beat somebody. So when you go fight him, it's going to be really hard. So it gets kind of interesting because you end up trying to find as many um, followers or recruits as you can in that next tier. That way you can kill off that tier. Or when you finally get to that tier boss or whatever the case may be, or a hard guy that you couldn't beat before, you just activate these other three guys and they turn. Another choice you can make is that when you have them all as your recruits, then when the end battle comes, you just have them turn around and kill the people that don't agree. Pretty fucking easy. It's really cool. Think about all the games that you could play that would benefit from that system, right? Racing games are the first thing to pop into my mind. You accidentally or intentionally bump somebody in the corner. I've I've done it with computer. I won't do it on live because I'm out of the out of our whole Phoenix Media Group um, uh, team gaming. Uh, I'm I'm more or less the one of the racers. So when you're in racing and you hook in that corner and you take it a little bit hot, yeah, you can bump into that guy that took the corner a little bit earlier and correctly and use them. I only do that in the single player, and you'll see me do it on some of the videos if you look on YouTube on Stick Style. Uh, there's several times where I just took that corner just a smidge too hot, started sliding out. Instead of getting off the gas, I'm just going to use that guy, that computer, that AI in front of me, that NPC, boop, just bop him once and get around the corner. Look, it happens. Uh, live, I would never do that. I'd hammer on the brakes and just stop and lose a bunch of... Anyway. Uh, so... Imagine if you hit that person, the next match, they're like doubly aggressive. Then the next match, if they win or came out, come in a higher rank, they start challenging you. They're able to challenge you. How about if when you're sitting there in second or third, the computer makes sure that he's in fourth and every corner he gets, he's trying to wreck you because he's the team of the person in second or the person in front of you in the standings. You know how teams work in, in racing. So it's really interesting how this could be played out. In fact, Warner Brothers, got uh, they just got the patent for this. Just got the patent. Uh, and this was supposed to be done on uh, a Batman game. The Batman trilogy that's out, this was supposed to be on that, that Nemesis engine. That would have been freaking brilliant, man. Just brilliant. You could turn like some non- important characters in batman like firefly or uh poison ivy and then use them to your advantage that'd be brilliant turn on them right at the uh, a great time turn on joker just wonderful so the wb got the patent but i mean too bad they literally have no clue what to do with any digital content or licensing they are really morons i feel bad for them they just don't know how to get it going you have one of the best um i would say ips you know, for, for geeks and shit, and you don't know jack shit what to do with it. You really don't. Uh, look at the Batman franchise in any way, shape, or form. The Batman franchise just sucks. Um, I mean, even Microsoft has figured out how to enter the digital realm and stay current. You know? All right, let's look at the new Xbox, for instance. Um, the new Xbox has a new headset that just came out, and it looks really cool. Like, really, really good. Um, I have the original Xbox uh, headset, full cans, you know, two big, kind of like the ones I'm wearing now. I always liked that. It was short money. It sounded really good. It produces surround sound. It just, it's well done. Now they package it with the actual little uh, adapter that goes on the bottom of your controller that adjusts between uh, chat and game. Brilliant. Short money. Loved it. Uh, the new one adds a lot more features. So, for instance, not only is it light, but it's comfortable for long sessions, which is very important. Um, I have a, I, I'm a stupid headphone junkie, unfortunately. These that I have on are old, old, old Sonys. They're just super pillowy, cushiony goodness for when you do podcasts. But for gaming, um, I've had, oh, I think Razer. 
I want to say Razor made the first Gears of War headset. Uh, it's it doesn't feel great. It's not super comfortable. It's nice, but it's not super comfortable. The original Corsair um, headset they looked good. They were nice, but at the same time, it's like they they all have like the Corsair headsets are stupid heavy. The Steel Series headsets are really really light. Go with the features with whatever you want, but you really need to try some of these on. Some of them squeeze your head quite tightly. Some of them do not. So there's always these these little caveats to each headset, and you got to find the one that works for you. I always like these, and I'm looking forward to see these. They have comfortable ear cups, like big cushiony ear cups like I have, which are very good. But the outer part of the ear cup, you can turn, and it's a dial. So one side's the dial for your volume, and the other side's the dial for your chat game mix. I think that's brilliant. It also has an auto mute. So if you're gaming and you're just sitting in your room and you're quiet, it's going to auto mute, which can, it, it depends on how much the pop is going to be when you put it back on. Really what that comes down to. It's also, um, I, I want to say omnidirectional for the mic setup because it's not going to pick up a lot of outside interference. You use the Xbox accessories app to tweak all the settings on it, which is nice. It's got a graphic equalizer. It just, it, it, it's really well put together. It's only a hundred bucks. That's it. And it's got no dongle. It automatically connects to your Xbox. It's brilliant. And it's only $99. I also want to note that a lot of these headsets that I'm seeing starting to come out a little bit more, they're doing multitasking. Again, I don't know. And maybe I'll do that on the future show or on the stick style show where I'll do a comparison as to why you have some uh, controllers and headsets that work with PS4 and, and PC or Xbox and PC, and they never work with both. And I'm wondering why that is. But needless to say, it's for $99, this is a hell of a deal. If you're looking for a headset, I would definitely spend $100 on these because they're just, if they're anything like the originals, they're just, they're well done. They're thought out. There's a few things that Microsoft does that I like, and the Xbox stuff, for the most part, I like. They're doing it well. Uh, lastly in the six style department tonight, we're going to talk about way back 2001, 2001 was the first meme kind of, I ever saw really meme wise. And that was from, uh, Tao Pan's 1992 game called zero wing. Some of you might remember it. And if you see the picture, you will definitely, definitely remember it. It's, um, the, the big thing here was uh, back then there weren't any great translations for Japanese games that were coming over. If they weren't sold in America originally, they didn't have good translations at all. They just didn't care. They just brought the game over, did whatever they had to do. But this one was really bad. All throughout the intro, you knew things weren't right, right from the right from jump. You had things like, somebody set up us the bomb. Yeah, I said that. You have no chance to survive. Make your time. <laughs> and of course... The infamous "All Your Base Belong to Us." So, if you've ever seen that meme, "All Your Base Belong to Us," that's where it comes from. It's kind of like the Leroy Jenkins thing. It's this is twenty years old now. Man, I feel old. All right, let's get into the last segment of tonight, and that's going to be for what it's worth. So, first up in tonight's. Uh, for what it's worth it's just extra stories that we just like to bring forward because sometimes we can't believe them ourselves but uh big brother's real and people that think that they're gonna have privacy and shit like that look the days of having privacy if you are on any social media i don't care what it is you have no privacy anymore you don't if you're connected to the internet odds are you have no privacy anymore look at what the story we did earlier on clearview ai you don't have any privacy the more the more established uh, uh, departments that pick up Clearview AI, the less you're going to have. I mean, yeah, it's for your protection, they say, but at the same time, I mean, it's just taking away your privacy. So good luck with doing sneaky things anywhere, anymore, at all. I don't care what it is, malicious or non-malicious. With cameras everywhere, they can see everything. I mean, everything all the time. But it's also stuff sometimes you take for granted. For instance, like your phone. People take their phone for granted all the time. Since 9-11 happened, every phone has GPS not only built in, but it's always on. So it can track if some disaster happens. We should be able to track phones and get to the heart of where people are. 
in 2018, Cat West was found dead. Her husband, Jeff, said that she was drunk and she fell when she was asleep. Mr. West told investigators that he fell asleep around 10.30 and was in bed until 5.15 in the morning. But his health app on his iPhone showed that he took 18 steps in between 11.03 and 11.10. Cat's <laughs> phone mysteriously stopped working at 10.54. So between that and the fingerprints at the bottom of the bottle she was killed with, he's serving 16 fucking years, okay? And again, you're being tracked everywhere. I, even I've, I've shut off, I, I have a, a couple of devices in my home that I've shut off the microphone on. I don't want people listening. I don't care. I, I know I'm the first one to sit there and say it's a convenience feature, but I don't want people listening to every single word I'm saying all the time regardless of what it is. Do I have anything to hide? No, not really, but it's none of anybody else's business, and everybody should feel that same way. It's If my next-door neighbor gets access somehow to the microphone that I have on a Google device downstairs, they shouldn't hear everything that the conversations that happen between people in their living room. That's, that's none of their business. But, you know, this guy's going to get... This guy actually had his app running, and it shows... Uh, granted... The, the fingerprints at the bottom of the bottle sealed the case, but proving using technology that he was up at 11.03 to 11.10. Now, I can already, as a, as a, uh, <laughs> I guess, watching enough crime shows with my wife, I could ar easily argue that on his behalf. 11.03 to 11.10, he might have got up and gone to the bathroom. He might have. And she stopped moving after 10.54, which was before he technically got up. So... Again, you can poke holes in that all you want, but again, the fingerprints at the bottom of the bottle is what gave him 16 years. That's a lot of time. Um, and he can use in that time, you know, maybe either comes out or he can get himself one of those Facebook watches. Yes, you heard that right. So there's going to be so many dumbasses that buy this stupid watch. Facebook's decided they're going to do a watch. Yes, Facebook has decided they're going to do a watch. We rag on them all the time, yet they're going to run away. This is the one of the single most culprits of identity theft, or, or I should say, a open door for identity theft. They don't even try anymore. They've been brought in front of Congress. They just pay the the fine. They don't care. So they're going to create a watch, like an Apple Watch. It's said to run on Android, but Facebook's were working on their own operating system for hardware, just you know, hardware software. Uh, they've been looking on that for years. And what I predict they're doing is they're working on something. Some of us older folk might remember the web TV, which I thought was brilliant, but Microsoft, it was originally another partner, and then they got purchased by Microsoft. And, of course, Microsoft destroyed them and ruined them. But it was a, a device that you could put on your TV that basically just gave you access to your webmail, a chat, and um, a web uh a web browser, for lack of a better term. That's really it. Nowadays, you can get kind of like that with the Apple TV, except it doesn't have a browser. But it was more or less the same thing. And this is no doubt what they're trying to do. And they're trying to create their own. And I, I just feel bad for anybody that decides to purchase anything that they create like that. It's just going to suck up your data. That's all it's going to do. And if it's a watch, God only knows it's going to get biometric feedback from you as well, which is awful. They want to release it next year, and that's just absolutely going to be a shit show. Uh, and you know what else is about as useful as Facebook Watch is a burrito holder. So if you go on to our, if you're watching our YouTube site, <laughs> you'll see the picture I posted. But if not, click on the link in the show notes. You will be amazed that not only does this exist, but people are buying this shit. It looks like a thermos, like an old school thermos for your burrito. Um, it's about the same circumference, I guess you could say, as a smaller thermos. But when you twist the bottom, it'll rise, it'll raise your burrito up so you can take more bites. Now, the problems I have with this are many. <laughs> Just many. Like, number one, why the fuck is it needed? Maybe it's because I'm fat and I just see the fact that I'm going to finish my burrito. I don't need to put it in a thermos to keep it all day. But, hey, if you're that type of person, why not? I know the... Uh, the taco place that I have in the next town makes obscenely fat tacos. I mean, if you can't, I mean, usually we split them in half and save one for the following day because they are huge. They're probably not going to fit in this thing. 
a burrito like the one I just got from Taco Bell is god awful. So that's gonna you could probably fit two or three of them in in this, maybe two of them. But I just think it's funny, and this thing's gonna set you back forty bucks, forty dollars for a burrito fucking warmer. It's insane. What the fuck is anybody thinking? Dumbasses. Ugh. Well, that about does it for today. Don't forget, you can always reach us at multiple emails, websites, things like that, bgfgonline.com. Look forward to hearing from you. And that's it for this week. Tense Down, show's over. So you can find more of this garbage at bgfgonline.com. You can also send us an email with your questions or suggestions at bgfgshow at gmail.com. Find our podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Overcast, Podcast, Castro, CastBox, Podchaser, and YouTube. Thank you for listening. Hold it there, podcasting listener person. Don't you go anywhere. Coming up next on our show. So here's something I haven't done in a while. I haven't done the commercials. So we've made a few commercials. We've appreciated other commercials all throughout from 30-ish to BGFG. These are some audio ones. Uh, some of them are older. Some of them are ours. Some of them we did. Some of them are not ours. So I just want to make that abundantly clear. Search them up online if you need to. Hello? I have just one question for you. Are you ready? Am I ready for what? Who's this? Are you ready for this Sunday night when WWE champ John Cena defends his title in the WWE Super Slam? Right now you can order this awesome pay-per-view event for just $59.99. I'm sorry, no, there is not any chance in hell that we're ever going to have wrestling in this house again. But thank you, but no. Have a good day. Goodbye to anyone standing in John Cena's way when he takes on six men in a steel cage shoots and ladders match at WWE Super Slam. Order now and take $10 with a low, low price of just $49.99. Sir, you guys just called me, and as I mentioned before, we're not ordering this, so please stop calling my house. Thank you and goodbye. Hi, can I speak to Champ? Who? Champ? Is Champ there? Who is Champ? That question will be answered this Sunday night! Champ! Defends the belt! Listen! WWE Hey, sir! Taking on Shane! calling my house! The Undertaker! Quit calling me! CM Punk! And even Triple H of the Big Show in a spit swapping makeout match! WWE Super Listen! Hello? Hello? Can you stop screaming in your little sirens and whatever that is? Can you knock it off for five seconds? Not interested! Stop calling my fing house! Hello? I'm watching you. Excuse me? That's exactly what The Undertaker told John Cena! But will he be able to take the belt from the mightiest champion in WWE history at this weekend's WWE Super Stop calling my house John before I Cena. get your number. I will track you down and absolutely tear you Ladder. to pieces. Jesus. Do you understand me? Explosions. I know you are. John Cena, crazy motherfucker. Calling my house now. No wrestling. No super motherfucking slam is happening in this house. I swear to Jesus, if this is those wrestling f**ks again... Okay, good morning. Uh, hi, I'm just calling this morning to ask if you're a supporter of the United States military. Oh my God, I apologize. We've been getting calls all morning. I, I apologize, and yes. Fantastic. Yes, I am. Great. Are you a supporter of the Marine Corps? Yes, absolutely. Good. Absolutely. Great, because a former decorated member of the United States Marine Corps needs your support. And his name is John Cena! He's gonna get in the ring and put boots to asses! You? This Are weekend. you kidding me right now? 
only $39.99. I can't believe you're still calling me. I'm about to lose my shit. I swear I'm about to call the police. Hello. You have a collect call from... John Cena! Will you accept the charges? Oh, f*** your mother. Listen! Stop calling! Is, is, is listening not your strong suit? Because really sure it's f***ing is, but you're not hearing me! Shut your f***ing beaten down brain from Super Slam and listen! I am not! I don't care if they're $59, $49, $39, or 39 cents. I don't want it. It won't happen. It's not coming on my TV again. It won't be allowed in this house. You understand me? Never again will I be wrestling here in this house. Not a piece of going through closets and taking out t-shirts and burning them and calling the police and telling you that you're harassing me. Stop it now. And I am calling the police. Good luck to you. Have a nice day. Hold on, hold on. <laughs> Marie, Marie, this is the Z Morning Zoo radio Hi. show on Z104. How are you? What? We've been, we've what? been, <laughs> we've been <laughs> phone scamming you. Your, your husband, <laughs> your husband Donnie told us to phone. <laughs> I, we are all in a fight right now. Are you kidding me right now? <laughs> I couldn't believe the mouth thought you had on you. Oh, oh my God! Well, listen, I'm. I haven't, I haven't had my coffee yet. Shut yes. Up. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> I know. How well, listen, uh, we won't be calling you back anymore. I promise. Okay. Oh, thank Jesus. So you won't have to oh, hear. My. You won't have to hear this. <laughs> All right, you won't have to hear that I anymore. I swear to God, I was gonna, I was, I was gonna go to jail, and I, I, I was, oh, it was bad. 